Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out your wings. And slither in place. Because this is Snakebird. Snakebird. Hey, welcome Snakebirds to a brand new episode of the podcast. It's a Christmas miracle and a Christmas profile as we bring you part two of Zechariah, Anna, and Simeon. That's right, guys. We're already in progress, so come along as we jump into the rest of the story with these characters. So our next character shows up in the next chapter, Luke chapter two, and this is Simeon, isn't it, Josh? Yes, yes. Ageless Simeon. Ageless Simeon. Yeah, I'll explain that as we go. Okay, something to look forward to. Well, it's, uh, like I said, chapter 2. So the first 21 verses are about the angel talking to the shepherds, Mary and Joseph and whatnot. So in in my study corner, Josh, I jumped to verse 22. Yeah. It's, okay, I was going to yeah, say. That's exactly where I start. I, our study corners were very similar this yeah, go around. Yeah, and it, it's kind of funny because like, if we were filming a TV show, all that would be A plot. And then we're getting the B story right here. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, so, yeah, exactly. We're like, okay, we know that. You know. Well, it's kind of like everybody already knows the story, so we're going to do a prequel or something. You yeah, know? It's kind of yeah. one of those situations. Yeah. So we see that Joseph and Mary are following the Jewish custom of bringing Jesus as the firstborn to be consecrated to the Lord and to make sacrifices, aren't they, Josh? Yes. Yeah, this is something in the Old Testament where uh, essentially you were supposed to do this for your firstborn. And it was showing God that you trusted him and that you're dedicating him. And you were supposed to do this uh, 40 days after he was born. And so they're coming to say, hey, we acknowledge uh, that he is our firstborn, but he's also going to be dedicated to God, which is so awesome because it's Jesus. Yeah. And even the prescription uh, shows that um, they could do it with a lamb or uh, a pair of doves or even uh, two uh, turtle doves or young pigs pigeons, depending on what translation that you read it in. And I feel like it says young pigeons because um, that prescription was meant for the poorest of the poor that wouldn't be able to afford a lamb. Yeah. And so I feel like, um, and we'll talk about this, is that they're not coming with a lot of money, which is very, very adverse to what some prosperity gospel preachers would say. Right. But um, they are coming to dedicate Jesus. Man, what a rough month and a half for a young boy. Yes. (laughs) Jewish, they had so much uh, customs, didn't they? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There was the eighth day got a little intense, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, A little healing time before we go on to day 40. Get a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They need a bris. Is that... Is that the Jewish term? I don't know. Okay. You would know better than me, okay. probably. It's, I think it's called a bris. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I not a, not part of this story. I need a rabbi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just, you're right. Uh, a few rough days in their, in their early childhood. And, of course, Jesus has had it kind of interesting the whole time because, I mean, even the story of his birth, which we're skipping for the, the most part, I mean— he was he was with the wild animals, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he didn't For have sure. the the custom bassinet that some of us would have had. He he had uh, which go, goes to reinforce they were poor. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, all right. So as they're coming into town, um, we're going to be introduced to this uh, character Simeon in verse twenty five. 
And it says that he was a very righteous man, devout. You know what? Let me just read it, starting in verse 25. Great call. (laughs) (laughs) I will paraphrase it or just read it. Let's just read it. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So that's a pretty interesting situation for sure. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, what an interesting character, especially when you talk about the Holy Spirit, Um, because there's so many references in these three profiles to the Holy Spirit, even before Jesus comes and says, "Uh, by the way, I'm going to go so that a helper can come. And it's just so evident of God moving in the hearts of people and his spirit being evident. amongst the people. I mean, as far back as um, even like Samson or David, you, you talked about the Holy Spirit coming upon people, yeah. but it's like part of their daily relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And draw near of, to God yeah, and he will draw yeah, near to you type of thing. Yeah. And some of the commentators just talk about how this guy had this intense relationship with God to where it was almost like he could hear the Lord whisper. And um, for him to be moved to say, hey, I got to be at the temple at this time and all of a sudden see Jesus and and his whole like, you know, just waiting for the consolation of Israel. Uh, Another commentator put it like this. He was waiting for messianic hope, which uh, like we mentioned with Zechariah, there is so much oppression in the Jewish culture right now. They they have no autonomy. Because, Anticipation was in the air. Yeah. For all of yeah, them. Yeah. They they had grown to just accept the fact that they were conquered. And a lot of times they were like, well, we want to worship this way or we want to do things this way. And Rome just had their thumb on them. And even though they tried to give them a little bit of their own identity, a lot of times uh, it would just get shut out because it'd be like, no, that's not going to work for us. Uh, You can't worship this way. You can't express yourselves in this way. And so they were very frustrated. And he was like, God, come soon. Maranatha, come quickly to set up your kingdom. And um, all of a sudden, here comes this humble baby. Yeah. Before we get there, I I do think of of that New Testament scripture. It says, uh, you know, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. And I wonder uh, the culture at that time, how many people had kind of gotten lost, like you said, of just that heavy, oppressive hand that they're just like, oh, just fatalistic. This Mm -hmm. is over. Yeah. But then there was some that were like, the Lord's not slow in keeping his promise. You know, it was that they knew there was a sense of anticipation in the air, even though it was so rough for them Mm -hmm. for so long. Yeah. I mean, we're talking time of Daniel to now. Yeah. That's a lot of years. It is. It's like great, great, great grandfather stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then 450 years of silence. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So one thing I did want to ask you before we move on, did you in your study corner see anything about if Simeon had gotten the revelation that he was going to see the Messiah before he died in the distant past or was it more of a recent thing? I didn't come across. Did you not? Because I wondered about that. Is this something his whole life he's been looking forward to? Because we know at the you know at the time that they walk in with Jesus, he the Spirit moved him to move into the area. Yeah. But it's like it's almost I almost got the sense that he had been there for a long time, kind of like the uh, the pool of Bethesda that that guy that couldn't walk. He just his whole life been waiting. You <laughs> I know, have no one to push me in. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I, I didn't know if you had found anything on that. I was kind of curious. No, and this is where I talked about him being ageless. 
is there's a there's some debate on how old he was because tradition are you ready i need a drum roll on this all right tradition said he was 113 years old wow but that's just tradition yeah and i don't know he in my estimation i mean just looking at it from a different angle he could have been 30 yeah you know and, and the way that it states is almost like he's at the sunset of his life and he's like, the sun ain't going to set until I see the baby you know? <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And then, That's how I kind of read Yeah. It. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's interesting because it's hard to say um, what this is. Yeah, for sure. Well, I was just curious, but um, we, we see that he is moved by the Holy Spirit to move into the area at the exact perfect timing that Mary and Joseph are starting to bring Jesus in, aren't yep, they? Yeah, like hearing a whisper of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, I, I can only imagine the pounding in Simeon's heart as he laid eyes on this child who he knew without a doubt was the promised Messiah. Yes. Because, I mean, how it's a baby. You yeah. Know, they're walking in with this baby. Yeah. And, There's uh, probably more than one baby, too. Oh, gotta be right. Yeah, because I mean, it's, it's a thing they do. It's tradition. I'm sure there was other couples that <laughs> yeah. were pregnant around that time. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> moved by the Holy Spirit, he knew this was the one. Yes, yeah, and he does what a lot of people would call the cardinal sin: give me your baby. <laughs> I need right. to hold that. No, but I mean, clearly, this must have felt like a God moment, especially even to Joseph and Mary, because Simeon's like. I need to hold this baby. And he took the baby in his arms and he started praising God. And from that, he has like this prophesied song or poem. Um, I'd like to read it if it's okay. Yeah. Before you do, I would say, I'm sure Mary and Joseph were used to this at this point with the shepherds that came and the manger. <laughs> and there, there was just thing after thing of, of people coming to wanting to see this baby. And angels appearing in the sky, yeah. screaming glory in the highest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So he's like, I require the child. I require the child. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help but think of the stinking Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. I wish to see the child. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. So that's the whole verse right there that it's like, I'm, I've been waiting to die. <laughs> it does uh, sound that yeah, way. Yeah, I'm old. I could go at any time. Um, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And uh, it said, then Joseph and Mary marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Wow. Yeah. What an interaction, huh? Yeah. Yeah, for real. I mean, the the spirit moved upon him, and and to imagine this this back and forth between them, it, it must have been just so prophetic in the uh-huh. midst of it all. Yeah, yeah, and I can only imagine that people are, you know, because the temple was pretty much a hop in place. So I'm sure that there yeah. were people passing on left and right, and here they're having this God moment where he's just like, like the the one beam of light is shining, like ah. Yeah, if this you was know. a movie, everything else is blurred out, yeah, just faintly as yeah. they're just sitting there in this zone with yeah. each other. And 
and and the neat thing is he's talking about uh, a light to the Gentiles. I, I know. Yeah. I, when I read that, I was like, so prophetic. <laughs> exactly. He couldn't have known any of that yet. Yeah. And for an Israelite to say that, I mean, they would they'd almost feel like they they had bile in the back of their throat. Yeah. But because of his relationship with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't bother him at all. Talk about being in tune with God's plan. Yeah. Yeah. And then what he says after that destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel yep. and a sign that will be spoken against. Um, one commentator said that that's like basically saying that he'll have a target on his back. Yeah. I, I mean, just the, the way that he laid this out, it's so prophetic and it's very fascinating. It really is. And that's, that's the end of what we see of, of Simeon. Isn't it, Josh? Yes. Yeah. Which we we jump right into, right after that, the next verse is our next one, Anna, who does a, a very similar thing, that she wants to see the child. So Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's go on to her, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So we find her in verse 36. Do you want me to read it, Josh? Yes, please. Okay. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher, she was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and there was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So yet another person, yes. just one after another. She, well, there's two here, but yeah, yeah right after Simeon. Just with more prophecy. Yes. And and it's interesting because between Zechariah and Simeon and Anna, 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 yeah, let yeah. it go. Uh, <laughs> is there an Elsa too? No. Um, <laughs> the, the text gets shorter and shorter. And so we don't have a lot about her, but yeah. what is said about her is very uh, revelatory because it's it's fascinating, like um, just hearing where she's from and then hearing her, her story about her marriage and all those things. So yeah. I think we need to unpack that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was yet another spiritual knowing at the mere presence of Jesus. Even though he was just a baby, God's spirit was so very active around those who had eyes to see and ears to hear at this point. Mm -hmm. it's just, it was such an intense moment of, of humanity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, another one where we don't see that she was promised necessarily to see the baby, but she's a prophet or a prophetess. And so there's a good um, chance that she's like, I know this is coming, you yeah. know, and she had another one of those uh, issues where she was fasting and praying and being at the temple day, night and day, it says not day and night. It says night and day Yeah, where it's like, this was her life. This was everything that she ever wanted. And she was in tune with the Lord because she wanted to meet the Messiah. I think that's so cool that um, people who are dedicated to God and seeking Him, they don't miss out on opportunities that others would had they been doing stuff yeah. that wasn't seeking God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so her and Simeon both, man, they, they would have missed out on something so amazing had they had they not been there doing that. Yeah. And I mean, when you think about it, her age, it, it's kind of wild because... Um, Depending on what age she got married, let's just say in in Israel, uh, a woman might get married as early as you know twelve or thirteen. Yeah. Let's just give her a couple more years. Let's say that she got married at the age of uh, seventeen. 
Okay. So if she was married for seven years and then widowed, she's been single for 60 years. Yeah. 60 years. And instead of being bitter about it and bemoaning her situation, she's just focused on God. Some commentators even thought that she might have lived in a chamber in the women's court of the temple. Wow. Like she just... She needed a place to stay, and so she lived at the temple, which means she was just there in the presence of the Lord day and night. Makes me think of a nun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, not of, in a bad yeah, way. Yeah. Not in a bad way. Yeah. I mean, just, just completely devoted to God. Com- yes, consecrated. Not not seeking after another husband or anything like that. She's yeah. she's seeking after God. Are you saying nuns are biblical? I didn't say that. <laughs> I just said it reminded me of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. It just reminded me of one. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, just the way that it interacts, you know, she came up to them at that very moment. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Yeah. And her reaction is exactly what our reaction should be. Anytime that we encounter Jesus, we should be so excited about this baby, about the Savior, that all we want to do is share who he is with anyone that we meet. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just, I I geek out that it's like, bam, 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 you know? Yeah. Uh, Because she really, you know, when we don't know how old Simeon is, we do know how old she is. And I think she was like, getting near the twilight of her life. Exactly. And this was probably the highlight of her life. No doubt. Yeah. You know, we we came at this from a, uh, an angle. We try not to do the typical every year at Christmas, just focusing on the manger and all of the shepherds and everything. And with these three characters, kind of my, I had some takeaway points, unless you weren't done, Josh. No, I have some takeaways as well, but for the most part I am. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I was just thinking about, you know, bringing it back to Jesus and who he was and his power. Um, He was the Messiah, a literal form of God among men, even as a baby. Uh, I thought of our episode, um, Walking Dead, the possibility we discussed uh, of resonating power like a shockwave off of Jesus as he raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. And and while that, that might seem like speculation... Uh, And it was to a certain degree. We do know that the presence of Jesus was unmistakably powerful. Um, The women who who touches his hymn, the hymn of his robe, was healed. Lepers cleansed with a simple touch. Hearts of stone melted at his very words. I think of even the presence of his spirit within Paul would heal those who touched his clothing that had been on his body. That's our Savior. That's what Jesus does. And that's what inspires so many songwriters to make claims that Jesus is a chain breaker and all of the other examples of how he frees us. When we as believers have his spirit within us, we're free and we're destined for perfection in Christ and just his mere presence, even as a baby in the in the lives of these three characters we looked at, his presence does that for us. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus does. And it just, it really made me look back on Jesus the baby or Jesus the man, he was the savior of the world and that power that resonated off of him. Just anyone who comes in contact with Jesus, he sets them free. Yes. And uh, and like we talked about, those who have ears and those who have eyes 
to see it who are seeking after God. That's what Jesus does. Mm-hmm. So that's it's just the takeaway point that I really uh, circled back to. Is it's all about Jesus. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I think that's great. Um, so I had to circle back first and foremost for me to Zechariah because I thought about him in encountering in Gabriel and how he's like, uh, I'm old. And then I like how you're like, but I'm Gabriel. <laughs> you know? yeah, right. And so for me, the first and foremost is that that we would believe, that we would believe what, that God can do what he says he can do and not question it and not have doubt. And I mean, I feel like for Zechariah, there is that point of like, well, Maybe God wants to do it, but I don't know if he wants to do it for me, you know, because I've heard so many people say that. And I just, I'm like, God, I never want to doubt you or limit you through my doubt, you know? And I, I saw something where, uh, the Lord rewards faith, but he judges doubt, you know? And and, yeah. And that's where, um, that's where Zachariah had to have some judgment of silence of just like, Hey, you know, why don't you spend some time? thinking more than speaking, right? you know? And, um, so for me, I, I took away that I just need to believe and, and it's not like blind faith because the Lord has given us so much to anchor to that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen that, that we're not just blindly going like, I I think God is just going to give me a million dollars today. Like everything that he promises is substantiated by something and, and he's given us his word and he's given us his promises. And so, uh, for me, that was one of my takeaways is that I would believe. And then another one was that I would see Jesus, you know, because I couldn't help but think of, um, Simeon and Anna just saying, I want to be here when he shows up, you know, and the neat thing is, is now we live in the age of the new Testament where we have a Bible, uh, either available at our fingertips through just having the printed word or through an electronic version. And Jesus is always showing up. It's really just a matter of us saying, do we want to see him today? Do we want to show up? And I couldn't help but think of how one commentator describes Simeon and my heart to kind of mimic some of his patterns, because this is what he said about him. He was a man who was led by the spirit of God, taught by the word of God and obedient to the will of God. And therefore he was privileged to see the salvation of God. Mm. I was like, man, I want to be led by the spirit. I want to be taught by the word. I want to be obedient to the will. And in that, I want to see the salvation of God. And I want to be able to tell other people that they need to see God's salvation, Jesus Christ, before they experience death. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, it just, it struck out so powerfully to me that um, these were people under the the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit who um, you don't really see them as main story players, but the next thing you know, they are uh, making an impact because of their interaction with Jesus. Yeah, so, it was really neat. Yeah, I just, I really enjoyed these profiles. I kind of felt like... Um, 
to, to bring it to nerdville like star wars like it's like this these were like the rogue one stories yeah, and the, the side yeah. stories it was yeah. really neat i loved oh, coming at it from these dude, angles exactly as you said that i couldn't help but think of rogue one as i wrote some of my notes because <laughs> uh as he was moved by the spirit as simeon was moved by the spirit to yeah. go intercept joseph and mary i couldn't help but think of i'm one with the spirit the spirit is in me i'm one with the spirit the spirit is yeah, in me and right? uh, i can't think of the character's <laughs> name but he's like i am one with the force the force is in me you know or whatever the one with the cane yeah the yeah. blind guy who's yeah. played by uh, the fantastic actor donnie yen yeah. yeah didn't know his name but i know what you're talking Cherith, about uh Cherith something anyway i just <laughs> that's, watched that's hilarious we both went to rogue one <laughs> I, dude <laughs> I'm like sitting there. I'm like, Lord, I need salvation because <laughs> I'm thinking of of Star Wars right now, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's so cool. Just again, become all things to all men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, we made a connection there. Exactly. And, and it got me somewhere spiritually. Oh, my golly, it preached. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let, let's land this plane. I think we've gone for long enough. Yeah, let's land it. Uh, we, we're really glad that you join us, as always, guys. And we hope you're having an awesome month of December uh, with this Christmas season. We hope you're with family. We hope you're doing well. And if you're not, um, please reach out to us so we can pray for you. Yes. Uh, we, we love the connections with you listeners. So we, we really encourage you to reach out. You can reach out at connect at com, And there's some other avenues too, right, Josh? Yes, yes. You can also reach out to us on Facebook or you can go outside and yell really loud. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear in the tone of your voice. It was going to be funny. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, uh, the email or the Facebook would be the best way. Good uh, one. But we really want to hear from you. And we know that uh, Christmas can be a hard time for some. And so yeah. if you're struggling, just let us know so we can pray with you and walk with you. And uh, man, what a joyous time to, to celebrate Jesus. Absolutely. You know, so um, please uh, include the snakebird community in your in your celebratory ways. And um, if you feel so inclined, you can also share the podcast or you can uh, leave us a review. You can do that mostly through Apple. And so we'd appreciate a rating or if you want to even leave some kind words, we'd appreciate that. And uh, that would be a great Christmas gift. It would. <laughs> I'm saying silly things. So I think we got to we got to end this. Yeah. And don't forget, guys, please send us episode ideas and topics yes. that if you have them, don't forget, we've got a new segment called Snakebird Mailbag that comes from like shorter questions that you want us to go over. So please be sending those as well. But uh, like you said, Josh, let's land this plane. Yeah. So Snakebirds, always remember whatever you do, wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you or how long you've been waiting to see the Messiah, there's never been a better time to say, I require the baby and be, be a Snakebird. Snake Merry Christmas, y'all. <laughs> He's been struck with a silent treatment for nine months straight, yeah. is what we're going to see. <laughs> Which is wild, because he can't talk, but yet 
they still have a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he made some, he, he got some riding down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I better not. Yeah, I yeah. better not. Well, it sounded like I said riding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got his riding pad out. <laughs> no, no. Oh. He said, honey, bring me a pen <laughs> and, a, and a mandrake. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I need a pen, a bottle of water, and you to get ready. <laughs> okay. Oh my god! Right. Such a precious, such a precious. My gosh! <laughs> Could you be silent for nine months with Maybe. words or noises? <laughs> I would have to make some noises. <laughs> they were asking, like, what's a dumb superpower you think somebody in your life has? And somebody in the comments said, my dad's superpower is pull my finger. <laughs> 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 and he loves to show it off. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And it's the thing I most regret knowing about him or something like that. It's just so silly.